everybody, this is Brian Bickford from Mainly Matters, and this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. I'll be interviewing people about their travel experiences, their travel business, and what makes Maine vacation land. Hey, I got something kind of special tonight. You know, um, Maine is a unique place, and we actually do rely a lot on our tourism, and particularly on festivals and all kinds of different venues. And so tonight we're doing something just a little bit different. I've got a panel of four people today, and we're actually representing kind of the four areas of our festivals around Maine. You know, we've actually suffered quite a bit, you know, since the COVID uh, experience, the pandemic, and these business people and these administrators have actually tried to hold it together. They've got important jobs. They've got a lot on the line here in terms of investment and attracting the right people to their venues. So right now we're actually representing the cultural, the agricultural, the theme, as well as the music side of, of the festival industry here in Maine. So tonight we're actually joined by some really important people. And first of all, I want to introduce the, um, the cultural side of things. We have Sharon Boucher from the Acadian Festival, and she is from Madawaska. Hi, Brian. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. We also, from the agricultural side of things, we actually have the Cumberland Fair. They've been around since about, I think, about 1868. I was not there when they first started. It's about 149 years. And we have Ted Coggins. Hey, Ted. Googins. Googins. Sorry, hey, Ted. Yep. Welcome. Yep, that's fine. That, well, and you were correct on the starting date. It was 1868. Nice, nice. 1868. And then we actually represented by, which we hear a lot on this show, people talk when they come to Maine, they're always talking about this thing called the Moxie Festival. And this is Mark Stevens. Hey, Mark. Hey, Brian. So, and, you know, really interesting, too, is that, you know, music is opening up in this state, you know, and there's a lot going on here. There's a lot to choose from. People are somewhat cautious to go out there. We've done a show about, you know, what is the psychology and the sociology of actually entering into the, uh, you know, in a pre-COVID kind of area. But we're, tonight we're being represented by the Thomas Point Bluesgrass Festival, and this is Mike Mulligan. Hey, Mike. How you doing, Brian? Hey, thank you guys so much. This is a, we got a lot to unravel here a little bit, but let's just start with um, the top of the state, Madawaska. And Sharon, tell us a little bit about the Acadian Festival, how it originated, um, you know, and what are the important parts of that culturally? Okay, the Acadian Festival, the first, really, the Acadian Festival day was uh, in 1978. And it was declared by the legislature, the main Acadian Day. Mm -hmm. And um, but the actual Acadian Day internationally is August fifteenth. Uh, so when the Congrès Mondial came to Madawaska, uh, we started celebrating our Acadian festival during during the time of August 15th. So it's always around the August 15th date. Right. But previously, it was always around the June 28th date. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, it was always very cold right. <laughs> during June 28th. Yeah. So that, we were gonna, kind of happy that, to go, yeah. go to August, you yeah, know? Right, right. Yeah, that helps and, quite a bit. Uh, basically, the Acadian Festival celebrates the Acadian culture. And we're very much tied to the Canadians in Edmonston, New Brunswick. And they have La Cuabrillon, which they had for several years, but now they are no longer doing it. 
what's happening with the Acadian Festival and the La Poivreon, it's all older people mm-hmm. that are really interested in our culture right. that have been continuing the process. And um, we're having trouble getting younger people on board. Yeah. So La Fabreon last year said it was their last year. Mm. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Acadian Festival, but we are trying to keep it alive right. and hoping to get our Canadian friends over here. Well, there's also, isn't there like a family <laughs> reunion component to this as well, where the different families would be represented? And so trying to track those exactly. families. Exactly. Well, when it first started in 1978, it was a one-day festival to celebrate an Acadian family. Right. And throughout the years, it gained more and more. And I know that when I did the Acadian festival in 1988, mm-hmm. we had, I believe it was the Willette family. Right. And um, that during that time, the Acadian Festival was like a, a week-long festival. Yeah. Now it's down to three to four days, yeah. basically a weekend, mm-hmm. a long weekend. And uh, during the Congrès Mondial, what happened is that all the Acadian families were celebrated. Right. And so this year, there is really no family being celebrated. <laughs> celebrated it's mm-hmm. just the Acadian festival you know that just goes back to you know you know I know just some of the agricultural part of things you know they've seen you know some of them will, will attract 150,000 visitors you know from outside of the state and that always represents exactly. about 21 million dollars in GDP uh, regionally you know um, it's so so important that those kind of things stay alive to that local economy isn't it Exactly. And it's very, very important to us. And uh, basically what's happened over the years, well, uh, 2020, we couldn't have the Acadian Festival because of COVID. And this year we started planning late because of the COVID guidelines. Uh, We weren't sure if we'd be able to hold it this year. Mm -hmm. So I'm just hoping that people can come from all over the United States and enjoy it this year. Um, so we're, we're just watching the COVID guidelines to see what we can and can't do, but we have a full program ready to go. That's amazing. So let's just jump then now to that, uh, the agricultural side and uh, Ted from the, the Cumberland fair. Now you've got a lot of history here. And I think that this, this, um, Fair has something that I used to attend as a child because lived in live in the area, but this this event is is experienced a lot of different changes and so forth. But just just so for our listeners, just talk a little bit about um, the Cumberland Fair and what its purpose is and what what is the real outcome and uh, um, what are what are people to see there when they go to this. Well, um, as you mentioned, the fair started in eighteen sixty eight, mm-hmm. and basically it was just a uh, farmers in Cumberland area that wanted to show off their animals, uh, their vegetables, their flowers. And so they just sat together and had some two day events. Right. And it, and, and it was right off from main street, right behind what's now really high school. Mm-hmm. And so it's grown into, um, it moved, uh, to what is now, I guess you call West Cumberland, kind of the center of town right. uh, to the fairgrounds that exist now. Yeah. 
And so from there, from the agricultural, the, they've gone to the carnival, the rides, and um, 4-H, a lot of 4-H, and uh, we'd like to promote a lot of education about 4-H and the animals, and um, and we've you know brought on uh, some motorsports for events, mm-hmm. uh, some music, mostly local bands, small bands, small groups. Um, and there's just a lot of events that go on during the week, mm-hmm. uh, pulling and, you know, typical fair events. And then we have truck pulls and, and the harness racing, of course. And uh, so just lots of events and just a lot of uh, eclectic things going on that uh, people can experience and a little of something for everybody. Yeah. And the demolition derby, I think it should be an Olympic sport, don't you? I think I vote for oh, that. That's you know? it. A very popular <laughs> Yeah, sure is. And, uh, and uh, you know, we have bull riding. We had it uh, two years ago, and it's coming back again this year. They held the contract through. We just carried it through the COVID, and they're willing to come back. They're happy to come back. Yeah. And that's the case with most most of the people that we had, you know, scheduled for last year. Right. We just, just carried it through, and they were more than glad to do it. So that worked out. What time of what type of visitors, what's the numbers that you normally receive, you receive um, prior COVID? Um, so it's probably a little over a hundred thousand, um, you know, for the week. Um, and it's some days, you know, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, the big days, uh, probably Thursdays more now because there's a lot of football going on Friday night. So that kind of drops the numbers down on Fridays, but, uh, you know, it, 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 uh, it brings in a lot of people and, we're hoping we can bring in more. We're hoping that people are all excited and I yeah. hope fans do well. We all depend on each other. Yeah. Uh, and the people that, that attend them and work there, they depend on the fairs and the farmers that sell the hay and have the animals. It's just, just, it, it, there's a lot of people that it really, it really helps. You know, yeah, uh, it, it comes at a great price, you know, with, you know, this, uh, this COVID has come at a great price to the state and to the people and just a release, you know, because we all look forward to, you know, a lot of, a lot has not changed at these kind of like Freiburg Fair and, you know, your fair and, you know, it's almost, it's tried and true. Typically we know what we're going to see, but we look forward to it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to have a fried Twinkie, you know, and, uh, yeah. that is there as well. And, uh, so, you know, here's the thing too, is that, you know, at that great loss, you know, um, you know, we have Mark, you know, from the, uh, the Moxie festival, Mark, um, you have, uh, you know, obviously the, the board, uh, that, that oversees that and, um, you know, the town and, and, you know, I hear it come up quite a bit, but first tell us a little bit about the Moxie festival, what its purpose is and, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, and where you are today with that. Okay. So, uh, the purpose of the festival, I guess it, it depends on, on the interpreter, but, um, the, it, it came about, um, we used to have a frontier days back in the seventies and uh, early eighties. And then in 1982, um, Frank Anasetti, who uh, owned a little convenience store down on the corner mm-hmm. called Kennebec Fruit Company, um, came up with the idea of having um, a, a moxie day. Right. Well, it turned into a, a three-day event over the last, you know, 30 years, 39 years. And uh, it's it's second uh, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in July. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, um, we were one of the last festivals to cancel uh, because of the pandemic. And um, my thought was, if Maine's going to be open, so will Moxie. will be open, too. Yeah. Um, 
Well, they ended up we ended up canceling late. I think it was uh, late May, early June, and it was it was tough because a lot of people were planning and and uh, there's a lot of preparation, as everyone know here knows. Uh, you have a parade. There's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different connections that you have to make uh, way in advance. So we start planning this um, event back in, in November yeah. each year. Um, but the purpose is really it's 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 based on the soft drink Moxie. It's kind of like uh, it's an orange soft drink that really nobody really appreciates. Not too many people appreciate the taste of it. Um, it's a mystique. Uh, but for for us in Lisbon, for, for us Lisbonites, mm-hmm. um, it's more about uh, an attitude, a personality. Right. It's a funk. Uh, we're Milltown uh, descendants and uh, mm-hmm. or hardworking. I think a hardworking town. Yeah. Um, people that uh, appreciate um, time off and we have a lot of people from the local area at the festival but because Maine is vacation land and we have a lot of travel and tourism um, we get people from all around the country and it's really neat to meld those two things together um, on the second weekend in July every year. So I heard that yeah I heard that I heard that Frank actually invited the initial in in 1970s they invited 13 people but 500 people showed up is that right? <laughs> well, it's the festival. It might have started. Uh, well, that was 1970s. You said yes. Yeah, yeah. It might have happened that way. Um, I know that we we initiated the uh, Moxie Festival in 1982. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like before that, yeah, there was a. We had a parade. We have a bunch of different things, but it was more of a frontier celebrating our heritage kind of thing, like the other festivals do. Right. Um, but when Frank turned it into Moxie back then, um, yeah, more than I think it was more than 500, Brian. Um, <laughs> I was just a kid. Um, so, yeah. but it's taken on a life of its own. So, yeah, you, know? you got to be honest. You got to be honest. Do you like the Moxie drink? Um, I like it when mixed. I like it. I like it mixed with other things, Brian. Like, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the, uh, the Kennebec store has actually turned into a, a um a really nice restaurant pub yes called frank called frank's after frank anacetti oh that's if, great uh, yeah. anybody listens to this um cast then uh, they need to stop in lisbon and stop in at frank's okay um it's got a it's got a, a great atmosphere great staff and uh people come from all around just to hang out there that is a great perspective now we're going to move to to music and you know this this story particularly about uh you know the thomas point bluegrass festival and and mike mulligan hey mike i know that um you know, music is a big draw here, you know, everything from, you know, in the Portland area all the way up to Bangor is like tonight there's a country, I think Luke uh, is playing at, uh, you know, in, in Bangor and, you know, so it's a big draw and people love to come to Maine, you know, for, for music. And um, so tell us a little bit about your bluegrass festival and, and particularly the origin that I, I love about hearing the story about your mom. Uh, yeah, uh, so we're um, a second-generation uh, bluegrass festival here in Brunswick. Uh, my mom started the festival back in 1979. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I and uh, Shari, one of her assistants, uh, has been working with mom for a long time. Um, we took it over in 2016, my mom, uh, well, 2017. My mom passed away. Yes. Um, yeah, we're here at uh, Thomas Point Beach, so we're a campground in Brunswick. Um, you know, we're established in uh, 1956 by my grandfather. Um, my mom ran it for a while, and then in 1979, she decided she wanted to do a, uh, a music festival. Well, in 1978, she decided she wanted to do a music festival, did a rock show, right. didn't really work out, um, and uh, had a friend uh, tell her, you know, hey, there's this thing, bluegrass music, um, that uh, I just got into. You should consider doing a show like that. And yeah. um, 
well, at the time, my mom hadn't heard of bluegrass um, and didn't really know what it was, but she wanted to do uh, her, you know, her own music festivals here. And uh, she had her first show in 1979, and she, um, you know, if anybody's ever done, uh, you know, festivals out there, or, you know, knows anything about promotion, um, mm-hmm. it's a pretty big deal. She made a dollar on her first show. Wow. Um, <laughs> Turning a turn, turning a profit on your first event is kind of a big deal. That is, mm-hmm. and um, it just sort of spiraled out from there. We've had over um, over three hundred, um, you know, uh, different uh, unique bluegrass bands uh-huh. over the past uh, forty. Oh, um, yeah, forty sixty one years, mm-hmm. forty one years, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I mean everybody from you know Bill Monroe, the father of bluegrass, right. to um, you know, uh, white mountain bluegrass who, if there are people in this area, they, you know, um, in Canada, they know them. Uh, I mean, I can do the whole list. I've got right. the list in front of me, but yeah. I, mean, I don't know which ones to pick. It's yeah. just crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah. So we're a four day multi-day festival on Labor Day weekend and, um, people from all over the world come and hang out and pick and listen to music. Uh, and it's pretty Good time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's really, thank you so much to your mom for being a visionary and trying to make that an investment into our community. You know, there's a, um, how do you feel the state does in terms of supporting, uh, you know, a music venue in general for you? Have you relied on the state at all for any type of assistance or advice or how do they do in terms of helping you, particularly through the COVID periods? Uh, last year, I mean, as I think all of us, uh, here on the panel, uh, would agree, uh, last year was a difficult year. Um, the support from the state and, uh, local and national governments was tough. Yeah. Uh, nobody really knew what they were doing and we're all sort of learning at the same time. So last year, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of, I try to be positive. I think they did the best they could, yeah. but, uh, it was, it was a thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a tough one. And, and, you know, I want to go to you, um, Ted, for a moment, the Cumberland Fair. Now, um, same question to you. Do you, as if you rely on the state or do they, are they serving as some support in terms of, uh, your concerns and your voice or advice? How have they been for you? Well, they, you know, we have the agriculture behind us. So the, the, the state there is a lot of support for the fairs and, uh, they've, uh, you know, worked with us as far as the harness racing, keeping the harness racing alive, um, set up with, uh, uh, stipends from the racing, you know, based on dashes that you race. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's money that goes back into the horseman's purse that comes from the casinos, racinos. Yeah. Uh, we get a, a portion of that and some of it is strictly for purse right. and some of it can go back into the infrastructure of the fairgrounds. So mm-hmm. it's all broken down. Um, so, you know, anything they can do to help, we do have agriculture that helps and, you know, it's, uh, it was a tough year. It's, uh, you know, we have, uh, over 40 buildings on the grounds right. and, you know, we, we lost a lot of summer events last year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just little day shows and things that went on. And that's what basically paid the water bill and kept the lights on. Yeah. And yeah. so when you, don't, when you don't have that coming in, yeah. that's when you tap into your savings and your, uh, one saving grace has been the harness racing yeah. that we allowed, uh, when they closed Cabo Downs, um, they came to Cumberland to see if they could have spring meets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that gave us a little bit of money. We came to an agreement and a contract. And so that was very good timing for us. But, you know, as far as 
uh, help from the state or government, there really wasn't anything out there mm-hmm. for us. It right. was pretty much you're on your own. So here, here's the thing with Arcadia Festival and, and Sharon, you know, you know, you're at a place right now um, that could lose the festival, you know, and that is culture. And that is, uh, that is who we, you are, who we are at the crown of Maine. So what are the things that you would look for, for support to help um, the Arcadian Festival survive? Well, you know, like everybody else has said, uh, 2020 was very difficult for us. Uh, we didn't get any funds for that. Uh, the town of Bandawaska had given us some funds, but of course that went over to this year. Um, but we couldn't plan anything, you know, because of the COVID regulations. But I will say that uh, the Acadian Festival here in Madawaska, um this year is taking place August 12th through the 15th. And it celebrates our culture and our French-Canadian roots. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone will learn something from our culture. Yeah. Uh, we're a very strong people. And so we, uh, we pull together when the times are rough. Right. And um, that continues yeah. through the years. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, bilingual. And we're hoping to do some revival of that. Uh, right now, we have um, kindergarten, not kindergarten, I'm sorry, pre-K. Right. And I, have, I absolutely taught pre-K mm-hmm. for French uh, immersion courses. Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to bring in the uh, French courses for uh, the grades going up through uh, middle school. Mm -hmm. And we're working with the French consulate for that, and that's a big part of our culture that that we seem to be losing. Like my daughters, Mm -hmm. uh, I spoke French in the home, Mm -hmm. so they all know French. But we are losing that culture, and and that's what we're trying to revive, and that's why this year's Acadian Festival is having a cultural exhibit Mm -hmm. to teach the history and where we come from, what we're trying to do, and what we're trying to continue. You know, and this is this is absolutely a uh, kind of an example of not just uh, yours, but there's there's other type of cultural festivals around me. There's the Italian festival. The you know it goes on and on about the importance of preserving these types of. Um, parts of our, our heritage. And, you know, one thing about, you know, with Mark, with the Moxie, um, you know, to me, you know, we did a show called From Away, and uh, we brought on a panel of people from Massachusetts, the Deep South, right? And they uh, they, they were on the show, and they are talking about what they loved about Maine, and they would say things like, you know, Madawaska, or they'd talk about, but the, the, you know, the Moxie Festival came up a lot with people from, from uh, Massachusetts. Do you see your visitors coming from, where are they coming from? And look at that loss. Well, the Moxie Congress, I think, is out of uh, Connecticut and Vermont. They have um, a, a wide following. Um, you look at their Facebook page; um, <laughs> they're pretty big. Um, but uh, yeah, we have people from all over. We had a we have the five k this year. We ended up uh, since the state opened things up May twenty fifth. Yeah, we decided to pull together some of the pieces of the festival, and we had a car show that we had over three hundred cars um, come in, uh, raised around eight thousand dollars for our senior citizens that day. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a the five k. Um, 
that morning, Saturday morning. And uh, we had about 300 runners um, down a little bit from past years, but, you know, people are still w- willing to get out there and run. Uh, and we had uh, an incredible fireworks display uh, the week of the 4th. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we did stuff. We did things that we that we could. We couldn't pull it together for the parade in time, but uh, we're planning on it for next year. And uh, we're looking forward to, you know, seeing another 30, 40,000 people come to Lisbon for the weekend. Oh, that's great. You know, and hey, here's the, uh, here's the game show part of the show here. Um, I'm going to pick on somebody. Hey, Mike Mulligan, I'm going to pick on you. And uh, Sharon's going to actually be the judge on this. Mike. What is an Acadian? Rep represents an Acadian. Who? How would you explain that? If you, if you, who? What is an Acadian? Oh wow! I am not going to do well on the show. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I actually was just, I was just looking up the Acadian Festival actually uh-huh. um, while she was talking, and it sounds fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to check it out. I, I actually. Um, I'm a, I'm a terrible, terrible manor. I think I'm yeah. going to have to say, I, I don't know, but I would love to learn. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold that. Okay. We're going to, we're going to pass it on to, uh, to Ted. Now, Ted, what is an Acadian? There are double your points, double points on this, Ted. <laughs> double so, points. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be just kind of guessing, but I think just somebody that from French heritage that has come down, um, and moved and worked in Maine and just trying to carry on to the heritage hold on let me let me check with my judge hold on sharon what what do you think now you give you give us the give us the proper explanation of what is an acadian an acadian is a person who was um kicked out of basically canada Mm -hmm. because they were french catholics Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to stand up to the british rule and become protestants and some of them came to Maine, some of them went to Louisiana, yeah. some of them went to other places. So your Cajuns are really Acadians that, that you know, went to Louisiana. So, and yeah, Acadians are hardworking people yeah. that can do a lot with very little. Mm. And I think you all need to come up here and see what an Acadian. Is. <laughs> well, we know that we know that Mike Mulligan has to get up there. Croy- so, Mike, you got zero points, and uh, Ted, we're going to give you uh, fifty percent. I mean, kicked out of Acadia. Kicked <laughs> 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 out of Canada. They kicked out of. Go ahead, Mike. You don't even have to take a motel. I'll put you up in my house. Oh, she will too. She's going to make you a good breakfast. What is that breakfast you make, for everybody? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's be a good one. Hey, listen, now, okay, now this one here is, is uh, now uh, question number two. We're going to pick on uh, Mark. On uh, no, we're going to Mark is the judge on this one. We're going to pick on uh, we're going to pick on Sharon on this one because she seemed to have a tough question. Um, Sharon, what is the real purpose of the Moxie drink, and what is that taste that everybody either likes? Well, or something? You know what? Moxie is an acquired taste. And I remember my dad drinking Moxie in the cellar at home. And uh, when I was working in Bangor, uh, when we did gift packages, we gave Moxie to visitors to Bangor. Uh So Moxie is very much part of Maine. But I will tell you it's an acquired taste. But I love it. <laughs> Let me just check with our judge, Mark. Mark, what do you, what? How would you respond to her answer? What do you think? Is she I, good? I'm going to give her full points for that. I mean, <laughs> what? I mean, how do you answer that question? Because, like I said, it's like it, it depends on who who uh, 
who's drinking it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people use it to clean the acid off their batteries yeah. in a car. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. not right. Yeah, I don't know. She was making no, it in the not. basement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So listen, now we're going to go from Mark. This is yours. And uh, we're going to have to put uh, Ted as the judge on this one. Okay, Mark, what is the um, what is the event at an agricultural um, fair that you're kind of um, embarrassed to tell people that you like? An agricultural fair, I would say. Um, what's that called when you uh, you grease the pig and everybody, all the kids are in there trying to catch a greased pig? What is that called? Pig scramble. <laughs> what is it called? I mean, that? The pig scramble. Pig scramble. The pig scramble. Yeah. I'm gonna go with pig scramble. Okay, Ted, is that right? Is that right? Yep. One hundred percent right. You are our winner this afternoon. Bing, thank bing, you so bing. much. Bing, 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 bing. All right. Hey, listen, thank you guys so much. This is Brian Bickford. I want to thank you guys so much. I want to thank Sharon. I want it from the Acadian Festival. I'm sure you can find it online. Of course, uh, Mark's already done that. We got the Cumberland Fairs with Ted, and we got the Moxie Festival with with Mark, and of course, the Thomas uh, Bluegrass Festival. Guys, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it so much that you guys came tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Brian. Good you, guys. Take so, care. And, hey, this is Brian Bickford from Million Matters, and this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thank you.